All right, are we ready? We need to get going. The bit I brought for this episode is melting. Oh, no. I listened to Stick Season by Noah Khan for months. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. everybody and welcome to spin it the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music i'm james and with me is connor i don't know what to say <laughs> what back <laughs> at this again huh do you ever think about what you say before you say it the problem was i tried to there and it like broke my brain right now did i hear you right you have a bit that's gonna melt yeah well it's already melting i could drink probably a third of it right now what are you talking about should i be worried the mixtaper brought me a present what is it a pumpkin spice frosty oh yeah wendy's is doing those wendy's not a sponsor is doing that now Wendy's not a sponsor but could be yeah he says he made a deal with wendy's to use his patented flavor sure I haven't had one yet. What you, is it good? I took the first bite and I went, I don't think this is good. Oh. And then I took a second bite and went, okay, maybe it is good. And then I just drank some of the like liquid meltiness. And I was like, that was pretty good. Okay. It's just like a caffeine-free pumpkin spice latte at that point. If you just drink pumpkin spice milk. Yeah. Cool. Well, the more you know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. So yeah, I have this. The mixtaper saw it and thought it'd be good for me to have one for the recording. Sure. How big is it? It's a large. Whoa. I've never had a large Frosty from Wendy's, I don't think. Really? I don't think so. I'm just fat. <laughs> I like, always get largest. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. This week, we're talking about an album that's uh, kind of new to me, although Noah Khan was recommended to me back before Stick Season even existed. Mm. I feel like I didn't even know I was in the loop, but the album got recommended to me. I listened to it. I liked it. And I thought, you know what? This is perfect for the fall season. This is the Stick Season, really. It's this time of year. It's this kind of album. I feel like we're hitting the nail on the head this week. I think Noah Khan is our probably our newest artist in a long time. His musical career really only got started as far as releases go in like 2017. So probably only behind like Olivia Rodrigo, Inner Wave, and that might be it. <laughs> that might be everyone that's had a newer career than Noah Khan. And even Olivia Rodrigo did acting in High School Musical, the musical, the series, or whatever. <laughs> so really. Oh, but Inner Wave got started in middle school. Yeah, really, I think it might just be he might be the newest. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm going to assume you probably don't know a lot about Noah Khan. You're not a big TikToker yet, so you might not have encountered his stuff yet, right? I encountered some stuff. Really? Not before this episode, but oh, <laughs> there were some interesting songs being played from the Mixtapers TikTok account. <laughs> okay. But I'll let him get to that. Yeah, I guess we will let him get to that in a little bit. Noah Khan was born in the small town of Stratford, Vermont in 1997, but he went to school a few counties over in New Hampshire. When he was eight years old, he started songwriting for the first time, and he made recordings that he would upload to SoundCloud and YouTube. Definitely not an unfamiliar origin story for us, but impressive nevertheless. Nine years later, he got together with some music producer friends and started to put out some pretty attention-grabbing work with more of like a polished edge, you know? And that's what led to his manager, Drew Simmons, finding him. And it also caught the ear of fellow songwriters, including, very notably, Grammy winner 
and member of Semi-Sonic, Dan Wilson. I did a little bit of a mini dive on Dan Wilson because Semi-Sonic, you know, we almost did Semi-Sonic on a singles episode with Closing Time. No. Yeah. Dan Wilson is a a remarkably prolific writer, okay? Let me tell you, he co-wrote Closing Time, and he also worked with Adele on Someone Like You. Oh, really? Yeah. Wild. I know. He also worked with The Chicks, John Batiste, Chris Stapleton, Celine Dion, Manchester Orchestra, Noah Cyrus, Taylor Swift on Red. Oh, we didn't even talk about him, and he was just on Red. He's worked with Fantagram, John Legend, Lucas Graham, Jason Mraz, Steve Perry, Josh Groban, The Head and the Heart, Weezer, Dirks Bentley, Panic at the Disco, Florence and the Machine, Pink, Colby Calais, Keith Urban, Parachute, Anne Berlin, Flippin', Ali and AJ. Dan Wilson has been everywhere and done everything. He's a spin cycle machine. And Perry the Platypus. No, just Steve Perry. Oh. Yeah. But I was shocked. I was shocked to scroll through his catalog, and I know at least two dozen songs that he's written. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's it's wild. Just, Why aren't we doing an episode on him? Well, I guess we <laughs> should. Just let this be a lesson, right? Learn who writes music. Shout out to songwriters. How cool. Anyway, tangent aside, Dan Wilson finds Noah Khan, and they start writing together. Noah says, okay, you know what? I'm liking my trajectory with music. I'm not going to go to college just yet. I'm going to go all in on music for a bit. And he does. In 2016, he signed with Republic Records, home of such spinet bands as AJR, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Stevie Wonder, Taylor Swift, Glass Animals, and more. Those are just the ones that we've talked about. Republic Records has a lot more artists under their wing. His first official single came out in September 2017, and his debut album, Busy Head, came out on June 14th, 2019. It was mostly produced by Joel Little, who's worked with Lord and Khalid, and actually... This is what I was talking about. I had a pal recommend Busy Head to me in this era. Before he was big, before he blew up on TikTok, I had a buddy who knew who he was and said, I think you'd like this. Listen to the song Mess. And I did, and I knew Mess very well before I even really knew who Noah Khan was. And I did not put that together until long after I listened to Stick Season, I think. I think it took a few passes through Stick Season and then clicking on the rest of his catalog on Spotify. I'm like, what else has this guy made? Oh, I know this song? That's wild. He also put out a surprise EP in 2020 that he created with a friend in the early days of the pandemic. And his sophomore album, I Was, I Am, came out in September of 2021. And that takes us up to his latest album and our focal point for this journey today, Stick Season. Stick Season got a long, long release process. He teased it for almost two years before it came out. In that time, he picked up a significant amount of traction from TikTok, right? People loved little snippets of the title track, the actual song Stick Season. They started sharing them all around, putting them on their videos. I mean, it was a rocket to the moon. (laughs) The song Stick Season came out on July 8th, 2022 and peaked at number two on the Billboard Bubbling Under Hot 100 chart. There that is again. I don't know why. Bubbling under Hot 100, so it sounds like it was just number 102, but I don't know. Either way, Stick Season the song would go on to be his first number one song on adult alternative radio, and it cracked the top 25 on general alternative radio too. The album's only other single was Northern Attitude, and that came out two days after he announced the record, almost a month before the album came out. And the rest of the album came out on October 14th, 2022. So, again, I swear I don't plan this. It's one year birthday 
is literally tomorrow on the day that this episode comes out. I usually say it up front if I plan it, but sometimes when I'm researching an album, I just, I discover this, and that blows my mind. But it's a very mid-October, early November kind of album, and I feel like I say that because of the genre that it is. It's a folky album with a bit of a pop edge. He says his big influences are Paul Simon, Cat Stevens, Hozier, Mumford and Sons, right up that alley. I mean, that is on the nose bingo what he sounds like. If you took all those artists, put them into a blender and blended them up, the sound that comes out would be this album. Although I mean that in a positive way and not not like blender sounds. Like the combined effect of all their influence produces this. <laughs> Some people think a blender sounds pleasant. Do they? Who? I don't know, people. I think you just said that. I don't think there's any evidence to back that up. I mean, think about how many people there are are on the planet. At least one of them's got to be favorable towards the sound of a blender. <laughs> well, I guess when you put it like that, maybe, yeah, one or two out of eight billion, sure. That's people. I don't want to discredit them. Well, if you're out there and you love the sound of blenders, drop a line. Prove me wrong. <laughs> but also, if you love the sound of Noah Khan and all of his influences in a metaphorical blender, let us know that too. That's a way better thing to know. It's a way more normal thing to know about someone. Stick season, he calls it a love letter to New England, and it grapples with a lot of themes like loneliness and burnout and growing up and change and uncertainty. There's a lot going on. He wrote most of the album kind of isolated during the pandemic, and a lot of the lyrics reflect the themes from those early times. He said he was inspired to put unprecedented detail into his lyrics by artists like Sam Fender and Phoebe Bridgers from episode 105. And I can definitely see, I mean, if not an outright similarity, at least a significant influence in the way that he writes his lyrics. It's really, it's a good thing we did this episode when we did, because it's already got so many spin cycle ties. Yeah, I know. I feel like this is good because I can point to all the elements of it that you actually know now from all the episodes we've done and be like, look, here's this and here's this and here's the person that wrote for that and here's blah, blah, blah. You're really banking on me remembering any of it. I am, but I believe in you. 10 of the 14 tracks were solely written by Khan, and the other four each have a co-writer. So he did a lot of the work himself, like, just straight up alone, which is so impressive. And I found a cool review, too. Elise Ryan of the Associated Press says the album is full of nostalgic melodies that will resonate far beyond New England. And I think that concept of nostalgia is huge with this album. Even hearing it for the second or third time, it feels like an album you've known for a long time. It feels very familiar, which I like. Did you feel any nostalgia listening to it? Did it make you yearn? Made me yearn for the forest. For the woods. <laughs> the woods beckoned to me in this album. <laughs> sure. It's the season of the sticks. I must go be among the woods. It's a good fall album to do. That's what I thought, too. I saw this open slot on the schedule, and I was like, boom, lock it in. The album debuted at number 14 on the Billboard 200, making it Khan's first charting album, and it sold 17,000 units in the first week alone. Four songs from the album made it onto the Hot Rock and Alternative Songs chart as well, and those four songs were Homesick, Growing Sideways, All My Love, and Orange Juice. Honestly, not the four I might have guessed. Which four would you have guessed? I feel like All My Love would stay on that list, and maybe Orange Juice. I might have picked Actual Stick Season, or She Calls Me Back. I like the front half of this album a lot. Okay. Or The View Between the Villages. I just don't know. I don't know about Growing Sideways and Homesick, but 
Those are the ones that charge. The people have spoken. I'm not their champion. I'm merely one of them. You're their interpreter. That's right. The album is just a year old, but it's already been certified gold. And it cracked the charts in 10 countries around the world. There's a deluxe version of the album, too, which... I've heard is the superior version of the album, but I haven't listened to it yet, so I didn't want to do it on an episode. It's called We'll All Be Here Forever, and it has seven extra songs. It came out this past May. I really should give it a spin sometime. But one of the songs that it features is a song called Dial Drunk, a collaboration with Post Malone, of all people. Do you know who Post Malone is? Yes. Do you know any Post Malone songs? Couldn't name a single one. <laughs> okay. I wondered why that didn't like get anything from you so post malone he did the sunflower song from into the spider verse so i know you've heard that yeah well, actually i probably could have told you that now that i think about it okay kind of name the song but i could have at least said that mm-hmm. he's the one that has the tattoos all over his fist he does he has always tired tattooed right under his eyes mood Yep. Well, either way, the point is, Noah Khan's been a big fan of Post Malone's for a long time, and he even covered some of his songs before he had his own breakout moment. So I think it's really awesome that he got that experience to work with him on this record. I see. Yeah. Also, trivia tidbits, you know, his stick season tour in support of the album has sold out three separate legs, and I believe he's still going. I just saw an ad for the tour not long ago, so I'm inclined to believe he's still going around. Actually, I just saw someone the other day that I know who had him on their Snapchat story at his show, so that must be true. But there you go. Go see a Noah concert. <laughs> if he doesn't call them concerts, I think that's a missed opportunity. That's what we're going to call my concerts. Can we? It's not your name. Call them concerts still. I mean, the first first part of my name is Connor. Oh, good. I did a quick Google, and I think he does call them concerts. Or at least people do that. There's a hashtag concert. That's good. I'm glad I'm not the first person to say that, and I'm glad it's correct. At least it seems to be a thing. As much as one quick Google search says you are. Yeah. One quick Google search is all I need to confirm all my beliefs. It's called confirmation bias, and it makes you right all the time. Check it out. It's pretty cool. It's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's all I've got to kick this episode off. I'm ready for the mixtaper to come in here and ruffle some feathers, teach us some more about what he's been looking at on his TikTok. Is that what you said he's been up to? All I know is I heard some interesting stuff. That could mean so much. I feel like I should just ask him about it. Mixtaper, yoo-hoo. Hey, it's me, the mixtaper. Back for another round of Factor Spin in the first official episode of Mixtaper 2. Er, oh. <laughs> Do you mean Mixtober? Yeah. Okay. For the first official episode of Mixtober 2, Electric Boogaloo. Last week was an honorary Mixtober episode. But it was. Here we are. This one has a track called Halloween in it. It does. You know what? I didn't even think about that, but it does. And Wu-Tang Clan was kind of Mixtobery. Costumes and karate and... Yeah. It's an honorary Mixtober. Yeah. Right? It counts as much as like Tina Turner did last year right but also i mean there was a mixtober one we just didn't call it mixtober one. Oh, you're saying this is mixtober three yes yeah that's what i'm trying to say the first no that was just in october there was no mixtober okay that was just in october yeah please to celebrate the coming of mixtober i thought i'd celebrate with five pumpkin spice frosties 
Five? Yeah. What? What do you mean? Six if you count the one I got, Connor. Please explain yourself. I bought six pumpkin spice frosties. But large <laughs> six? You bought yourself six large pumpkin spice frosties? Not large, but I did buy for six. I bought one large for Connor and five. Why? So I got five of the like junior frosties. Yeah, like the kind you can get with the keychain that gives you for free. Yeah, except I bought these ones. Right. Maybe they're not the junior ones. The junior ones are like a little Dixie cup, right? This is maybe just a small. I don't know. Sure. But why did you buy five? Well, I was going to do four, one for each fact, but five felt like a better number. <laughs> okay, but wait, wait. But you're not going <laughs> to eat four. Well, I figured I would I would eat one for everyone I got wrong. <laughs> wait so i get to directly punish you yeah but connor's already been eating a large frosty and not that that impacts you in any way yeah it sure doesn't but yet it sure does just yeah psychologically wow this is awesome okay i'm here for it this is what a mixed over so i figure since i have five and there's four facts if you shut me out i'll also do the fifth one wow amazing this mixed over it's off to a good start. Let's let's get the mixtape for some brain freeze. I just love pumpkin spice. And you better. <laughs> uh, Hope you found good facts. I hope so too. <laughs> There's a lot riding on this. Yeah. He has his own brand of dry shampoo. Okay, we're starting strong. Dry shampoo. I've never used dry shampoo. That's it. That's the sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How did this come about? Did he say, I'm really interested in attaching my name to some shampoo? Did the shampoo people go, look at that hair. I want in on that. He was a big fan of dry shampoo. Likes to use it. He's a busy guy. It's a good thing to use to give your hair a little life when you don't have time for a full-fledged shower. Yeah. Seems like it's primary and only purpose. Yeah. I don't really know when uh, what led him to make his own brand of it, but it exists. It exists. What's it called? It's called Busy Head. Oh, okay. Which I guess is like a like for like somebody who's busy. Use this on your head. I don't know. No, but like his first album title, Busy Head. That's his first album. That makes so much more sense. Yes. Yes. You're acting like you didn't know that, but I think you did. He thinks I did. You know what? I totally knew that, and this was totally a ploy to make you think I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I'm that clever. Well, but, I mean, Busy Head came out, and that's, like, before he was, like, huge on TikTok. When did he release the shampoo? Was it in conjunction with his rise to folk greatness? 2022. When in 2022? Early? Late? After Stick Season came out? Or before? I don't know. 2022. I don't have a date. Okay. How successful has this been? A lot of people using Busy Head shampoo? I don't know. I got good reviews at Target. <laughs> oh, it's at Target. So I could go buy it. Yeah. Widely distributed. Looking at it right now. This is an interesting one. I think this is a spin. Okay. I'm going to say that you inverted this. Inverted this. I think maybe Busy Head shampoo does exist and he likes it. And that's why he named his first album Busy Head instead of the other way around. Maybe. I see. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if Busy Head Shampoo even exists. <laughs> it's just way more likely to me that this is a spin, I think. Uh, the only other bit of information I have for you before you like that in is that he likes it and like in a advert he did for it. He says it helps him look less like a Jewish scarecrow. Oh. That's the only other thing I had for you that, that was of note. Okay. Black and spin, though? Sometimes when you have an extra thing, it could change a fact to a spin. Mm. But if I'm already about to say spin, that really doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't make it less true. Yeah, so lock it in spin. Yes, I'd like to lock in one spin, please. All right. This is...
a spin. Woo! All right. One frosty to go. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One second. I can drink a lot of this right now because it's gotten quite melty in the time it took to get to this part of the podcast. Oh, have they been sitting with Connor the whole time and not just in the freezer waiting for you to grab them? No, that would have been too much planning. <laughs> I feel like that's like the bare minimum amount of planning when you intend to eat ice cream later, but okay. <sighs> oh, God. Oh, that's like three-fourths of a frosty right there. <clears throat> Down. I'll hit the rest of it while we're talking about the next one. <laughs> okay. I just want to be clear. Like, I'm totally not imposing this on you. I didn't suggest this. <laughs> I didn't know this was happening. Like, this is totally on you. So if you don't like it, like, if this goes so bad. I thought I'd shut you out. <laughs> okay. I had confidence this week. Was I in any way barking up the right tree with the inverted thing? No. Or was it just totally fake? Busy head shampoo doesn't exist. Ah. He is a big fan of dry shampoo. He said he once tweeted, thanks dry shampoo for helping me look less like a Jewish scarecrow. And yeah, he said the name of busy head because I thought that was a funny pun with shampoo. It is. And I knew it was what his first... I knew there was a song called busy head. I actually didn't know that was the name of the album. Ah. So I thought I was picking a deep cut. Would have been. And you were going to be like, oh, there's no way you would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But apparently it was the name of an album, so that's on me. Up next, he released a TikTok exclusive album. Whoa. TikTok exclusive? Yeah. Is it still TikTok exclusive? Or did it just premiere on TikTok? Yeah. Really? Is it still up? Can I go find it? Yeah. I listened to some of it. Oh, I didn't go through it all. It's probably more of a TikTok EP. Mm-hmm. It's really just a short collection of songs. It probably isn't enough to make a full album. Okay. And what's the nature of it? Is it like fully produced tracks or is it him with a guitar singing unreleased songs? The latter. Okay. So he's on a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, does it have a name? No, not really. No, not really. That's a good name for an exclusive album. <laughs> it doesn't, I'm not from what I could tell on TikTok, it doesn't seem like there's like a name for, if you wanted to give it a name, you could just call it the Hanukkah album. Oh, was this a holiday release? Yeah, last year. Okay. And did he do it like in conjunction with Hanukkah? Each of the nights? Yeah. New song. Oh, I like that. I don't know if it was each of the nights, but it was during the Hanukkah season. Right. Well, that would make sense. I like this. I think this is a fact. Lock it in for me, please. I would like to lock in a fact. Noah Khan has a TikTok exclusive acoustic Hanukkah EP. This is a spin. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a cool idea. Yeah, it is a cool idea. I can take that Frosty instead of this head, and I can take the shutout Frosty instead of this side, thankfully. Oh, yeah. That makes me feel better. That did save you two <laughs> Frosties. Oh, I'm still going to have to eat those, though, at some point, because if not, I'll feel like I wasted money. But that's on me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll see if Connor wants another one. He, he might. I don't know. He's only got the one, so so no brain freeze on that one. Nope. I'm glad you think that's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Noah Connor, if you're listening. You can, that was on us. Hanukkah's coming up. You got time. The next two are animal in nature. Oh, no. I'll give you the two animals, and you tell me which one you want to talk about more. Dog or gecko? What? We have to start with gecko. You want to start with gecko? I wasn't yes. sure if you wanted to save gecko for last. No, I want gecko now. Okay. He has a pet gecko. Whoa. <laughs> if that surprised you, wait till you hear what the next one is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it have a name? Speedy. Is it a fast gecko? I would assume so. Well, otherwise, it's kind of a silly name, isn't it? It's kind of a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> Does he race it? <laughs> 
No, not that I'm aware. Uh-huh. So where'd you get a gecko? From the gecko store? From a friend. Oh, from a friend. From a friend who got it from the gecko store. Okay. What's the deal? Does the friend not want it anymore? He had to let go of his gecko? No, it was given to him as a joke. That's not a jokey gift. What? What's the joke? That they thought it looked like him. Oh, that is a joke. Wow. Man. Wow. That's mean. I hope this is true. Or You just really are. The gloves are coming off again. Well, he agreed, so... Oh, he agreed that the gecko looked like him? He says he had to admit it's a pretty accurate representation. Wow. <laughs> Speedy Con the gecko. I like that. How long has he had it? 2015. He's had it 2015 years? <laughs> yeah. Gecko's ancient. <laughs> World's oldest gecko. Wow. Speedy is probably not an accurate name for him anymore. <laughs> yeah, I like this one too. I'm going to say fact to this one as well. Lock it in for me. I'm going to lock in fact and let me tell you why. Once again, it'd be pretty mean if this was not true because then you just said he looks like a gecko. Like you just made that up. Well, joke's on you. I didn't make that up. But this is still a spin. Oh, really? <laughs> How? He said he felt he had a gecko vibe. Oh, a gecko? Hold <laughs> on. A gecko vibe or he looks like a gecko? Because those are two different. Well, he said, I like to think Ed Sheeran looks more like a catfish and I've got more of a gecko vibe going on, was the quote. What? <laughs> okay. I guess. Where'd you come up with the name Speedy? I thought it was a good name for a gecko. It is. <laughs> Darn, I wanted to make you eat more Frosties than this. Yeah, this is turning out better than I thought. I have officially finished the first one, so, you know, that debt is paid. <laughs> yeah, and we've only got one fact left, and it's about dogs, I think. It is about dogs. He has a harsh critic. Is his harsh critic his dog? Yeah. <laughs> and is the dog a harsh critic because, like, sometimes when he'll sing, the dog will bark or howl or something? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, the dog cries hysterically whenever he starts singing cries hysterically whenever he starts singing it's not like a specific note or pitch and it doesn't just irritate the dog like it downright upsets the dog the dog hates him anytime yeah Ooh. What? what's the dog's name penny okay that was a test i'll be transparent uh-huh it's the same dog that i think is featured on the cover of the album we're talking about this week as a matter of fact it is and connor and i will talk about that in a little bit he also has another dog that's nice it is nice no word on whether or not this dog likes his singing more or less than penny i don't know i don't know what to say i don't know what to ask ask me if we have any uh videos of this dog criticizing his music oh that's a great question how old is the dog oh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay just kidding do we have any videos of the dog singing and yelling and crying hysterically we sure do we have a whole tiktok series about it a whole series so he just records every time it happens does he do it on purpose well no it's more he's created a, a tiktok series where penny rates his performances and you know it's just like him singing and her crying hysterically and like him putting up little things like what she'd be saying and at the end like what her score is and the scores are always comedically bad because you know she hates it wait penny ranks records penny does what we do oh i didn't even think about that we need to get penny on as a, as a guest judge for this episode we need a guest judge oh what if <laughs> if penny could tell us what she thinks about this episode that'd be cool too that'd be cool penny if you're listening penny's a bit of a singles listeners it seems like she seems to judge individual songs yeah so i think her and connor would get along seems like it i think this is true thinks this is true yep i do lock it in for me i'm gonna well i have one more question oh okay are you ready to eat the next frosty no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is 
A spin. Oh, no. I was so cocky. <laughs> Darn. That sucks. Yep. Penny the dog does not like his singing cries hysterically, but there is no TikTok series that I am aware of. Ah, that was another thing you just added. Uh-huh. So uh, I got you on an all spins week for the beginning of Mixtober. I should have known better. That's disappointing. <laughs> and on such a high stakes week where you could have. And only one Frosty. Yeah. One little itty bitty. I was here. I was thinking you were going to eat two or three. And I'm one point closer to getting us back to our 50-50 for the year of healing. That's right. Made up a point. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So I also did a fun little theme thing this week. That was a little subtle that you may or may not have picked up on. Oh, let me see if I can figure it out. Based on what I told you about all these facts and specifically my after fact bonus info. Your after fact bonus info was that was a lie. That was a lie. That was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> but they were all that was a lie that. That came from TikTok, right? You, you talked about. That came from his social media posts yes he made tweets or x's or whatever they're called now about all four of these things about penny being a harsh critic about wishing there was a hanukkah themed album about feeling like he looked like a gecko and about loving dry shampoo so there was a little bit of nugget of truth in all of them this week yeah that makes it tough because it was very deep rooted and you're telling me that we just told him that he could have our idea for a hanukkah album for free when it was his idea that we just re-gifted back to him <laughs> yeah okay well that's, that really makes that worse well our idea of doing it is a tiktok exclusive of little acoustic songs that was that was ours okay that's true well that was a good start to mixtober can't wait to see how you decide to try and punish yourself next time i'm gonna definitely eat at least one more of these frosties because it was kind of good so <laughs> oh you like it see connor was on here and he wasn't sure if it was good or bad well of course i like it it's my flavor pumpkin spice i mean oh, that's true you i invented it yeah you wrote the book well, we'll see you next week for another mixed up tober. And until then, I'll leave you with a frosty. Yeah! I bet his breath is going to smell like pumpkin spice for days. Welcome back, Connor. Ugh. I am back. What's wrong with you? Absolutely nothing. I've only had one large Frosty and nothing else. Yep, that's it. Well, that was exciting. That was fun. I, I like I like the twist where he just decides to punish himself randomly on <laughs> random weeks, I guess. He just thought it'd be a really funny bit for Mixtober. I suppose. He gets real excited this time of year. Yeah, kind of a new thing. I hope he doesn't get too excited. What does that mean? Let's <laughs> see what he cooks up this month. I don't know. Let's talk about the album cover of stick season we've kind of already touched on it believe it or not yeah well i haven't no the mixtape i just talked about dogs one of these pups on the front of the album cover is noah khan's dog it's a dog with a stick playing fetch as dogs do and a dog sitting next to him as he stands in the hills of what i presume is vermont with an old dilapidated barn in the background it's kind of like the dog's playing reverse fetch i mean <laughs> He's running the wrong way, right? Am I wrong? Or he's just picked it up and hasn't turned around to take it back. Oh, that could be. Or he's playing fetch with not Noah and someone behind the camera. Or is playing fetch the way my dog always played fetch growing up, which was go get it, bring it all the way back. But then when I tried to take it, they like to play keep away. It turns into a game of keep away that then when oh. I successfully get it, it becomes a game of fetch again and go back and forth. A layered, nuanced game. Yeah. I like it. Well, those dogs on the cover are his German shepherd, Penny, his harsh critic, and his mom's dog, Oma. He has another dog named Maggie that did not actually get included in the promo for the album for one reason or another. Wasn't very photogenic. Camera shy. I guess not. Yeah, camera shy pup. Wanted too much money to, to appear. 
priced herself out. Yes, I bet that's it. But I think it's a great album cover. I mean, there's a stick on it, and it's called Stick Season. Good, it's good. And it's like smoky and gray, taken like early in the morning. or The forest, the yearns. It yearns, or you yearn for it? It beckons. It beckons, you yearn. Both. It yearns, too. <laughs> Both. Yeah. <laughs> it yearns for me to be in it. Hence the beckoning. Well, why would it beckon if it didn't yearn? You're getting it. Well, I yearn to talk about these tracks. And up first is Northern Attitude. Don't you dare take that tone with me. I don't know what tone I took. A Northern Attitude. Forgive my Northern Attitude. <laughs> well, I was raised up in the cold. I was raised more Northern than I am now. But not in New England North. I love Northern Attitude. We start off with, I mean, one of my favorite tracks on the album, right off the bat. It's high energy. It's sweeping. I like this folk pop. It's like indie folk pop. Yeah, the blender has been working hard at work with all those influences. Uh, for all my, on all my Frosties. That's right. All the mixtapers Frosties. Right, sorry. Yes. And it's just good. I love the guitar, the arpeggio that's in there, running the whole time. It's quiet, but it's there, very present. Mm-hmm. And it, the song starts like you could be playing it around a campfire, and then it explodes into something. That you could play around a campfire if you had a full band. <laughs> yes yeah it does it explodes into something that would be performed around the campfire in the camp rock movie sure yeah that's <laughs> right if the jonas brothers did this in 2008 no does this song does it evoke new england for you the northern attitude the the standoffish but also like close-knit community kind of kind of thing i wasn't sure how northern we were going well yeah he's from vermont gotcha i've never been north how far north have you been you went to london Oh, uh, I got, I got, I was thinking USA North. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. The farthest north in the U.S. I've been is probably New York. I mean, I've been to New York. So I mean, that's pretty north, I guess. A little bit, but still pretty far south of Vermont. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I've never been to New England either. It's on my, I've got, I mean, the 50 state bucket list. I have to go at some point if I want to knock that out. But sure, sure. I've never been. But this song makes me feel like I have. So I'll just cross that off the bucket list right now. If Europe counts, then yeah, why even bother going? I mean, I've been farther north. If Europe counts, why bother going to Vermont? Yeah. I mean, it's called New England. I mean, I've been to England. I don't need to see the new one. You've been to old England. (laughs) Well, when you put it like that, I have no counter argument. I love this chorus. I love if I get too close and I'm not how you hoped. Like if I don't live up to the expectations you've put on me, sorry, it's how I was raised. It's where I'm from. Yeah, it's really good. It's so good. And there's, there's depth to it too. Getting lost, getting high. Scared to live, scared to die. There's just this uncertainty that you're traveling through life with. And the Northern Attitude is just like not only a response to what you deal with in life, but like a way to approach what you're dealing with in life. It's how you get through it, but also how you react to it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm going to keep myself a little more caged on this one because I know you're interested to know how I feel about it. And I don't want to give you the satisfaction. Well, I mean, last week it was a given how you were going to feel about the album. So you didn't have to say much. And I knew how you were going to think of this one. I am curious. I hope this brings us out of that little slump you've been in. I don't know if it'll take us all the way back to nines. I don't expect that, to be honest. Mm. But I think it'll be probably not as bad as we've seen lately for you. But that's all speculation. I think the last time we've done an episode that really reminds me of this album, not saying it like reminds me of it score wise, but just in terms of vibe, Mm -hmm. head in the heart. Really? I mean, I guess that's fair. 
I liken this album a lot to Anthony Green and Pixie Queen, my other go-to fall album. Anthony Green was like pure folk. This one has that indie pop to it that Anthony Green didn't. I said Anthony Green had a bit of an edge, a punky... Yeah, he was like folk punk. Yeah, from all his Salson work and all his other things. Yeah. And you're right, the Head and the Heart really doesn't have that, and they go pop. This is like the Head and the Heart meets... The Bang Camino, or The Hand of Heart meets Bad Sons. You know, that kind of indie pop oh. meets folk vibe to it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, to throw that in the blender, The Bang Camino and Bad Sons got nines from you. Head and the Heart got a six? The Head and the Heart got a six from you. Pretty certain it's like right below Coloring Book. And it is right below Coloring Book, yes. So, See, I know my own list. Yeah, so that could, that could shake out anywhere between a nine and a six, really, or somewhere else entirely. Or worse. I said it wasn't indicative of score, just in vibe. That's right. What do you think about stick season? The call. The call. The forest. The woods. It must be answered. It demands answered. Oh, I love stick season. It's a good song. I love the concept of stick season. Yep. I have never heard of the fall or the winter referred to as stick season, but that's what it's like. You know, you look out at the forest of trees and you just see branches. There's no leaves. You just see sticks and dead. Like it's a very macabre kind of image of death through this cold, dry season. I think it's specifically called that up north. I think it might be. I think that might be why I've never heard it. You know what makes me think that? What makes you think that? Is that what they do in England? Uh, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I said, what is stick seas? And as I like was typing in S-E-A-S, it then wanted to autofill what is stick season in Vermont. Well, I feel like that's because <laughs> a lot of people Googled it for this album. Yeah, maybe. But it's between the fall and the winter. Stick season is a term used to describe the time of year in Vermont, so it's definitely a Vermont thing. Oh, interesting. Well, I love the term. I do too. Maybe I'll adopt it and start using it outside of the region. We're going to make it an Ohio thing and a Tennessee thing. We're co-opting that. It's a, that's a USA thing, except for all the parts of the USA that don't have stick, stick season. Yeah. Sorry, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have stick season when a hurricane comes through and tears all the, all the trees apart? Oh, no. <laughs> Different kind of stick season. Yeah. I like stick season. It's all about growing up in a small town and being stuck in a small town, running out of things to do, running into people's moms when their children aren't still around for you to hang out with all the time, drinking until your friends come home for Christmas, missing people that have left and have moved on. Now your tire tracks and one pair of shoes, and I'm split in half, but that'll have to do. What a line. What a chorus. It's really, it's a spot on description of what it's like to stay in a small town when everybody's gone. And to be in a small town when... Because it's a small town, everything reminds you of this person. And, like, you're still going to run into people that remind you of this person. Like, in the course, when he talks about, I saw your mom. She forgot I existed. Like, ouch. Yeah. I'm terrified of weather because I see you when it rains. Like, nothing is safe. Yeah. Doc told me to travel and get out, but I can't escape. But there's There's COVID on the the planes. Yeah, that really dates when this came out. Uh. It does. That's that's my one thing about it is it's always got that like, ah, COVID. But otherwise. Yeah. But like 60 years from now, who knows? We'll have like the Vietnam style flashbacks. Like, oh, yeah. COVID on the planes. The planes. They're not safe. Yeah, really. (laughs) It'll be like that. Six feet, six feet, six feet. (laughs) Season of the Sticks. If you were just to score this song, not the album, would you do that right now? Sure. Am I scoring it as a song or am I scoring this song as an album? (laughs) 
I don't know what that means. Just score it as a song, I guess. Oh, okay. It's a very uh, short album. Not a lot of variety. I'd give this song a a nine, an eight, somewhere in there. Ooh, okay. If I was scoring it as an album, I'd probably get a ten. Really? Well, it's a really good song, and there's nothing to drag it down. And Fair enough. Usually an album starts out as a 10 and gets dragged down throughout the listen. I assume everything's going to be perfect, and then it... Oh, is that your process? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. I pretty much assume it's going to be a perfect album, and then I let it prove me wrong. As you listen to something, everything just wilts and dies for you. Yeah. Rather than starting at a zero and earning points like any other normal system... It's subtractive. Yeah, I have a really messed up uh, view of, of things, apparently. Everything decays. Guess so. And that's why the forest yearns. All things return to the forest. Dust to dust. (laughs) Mulch to mulch. Yeah. Anyway, that's stick season. (laughs) It's a lot happier sounding than it actually is. Yeah. Up next is All My Love. What a strong triple whammy to start this album. Back to back to back. All My Love, it's almost like a a march. I, I just always get very intense vibes from it. And it's the same kind of sentiment as stick season, right? He's still home. This person is left. The memories are gone. The the spark has faded, but he's still, you know, got no bad feelings. He's remembering the good times, even though he knows her name, but not who she is. It's okay. There's not a drop of bad blood. It's very forgiving of any discrepancies that might've been between them. And yeah, just like he's moved on, but in like a healthy way. Verse one is interesting. He talks about how his folks speak in two word sentences. What do you think the two word sentences are? I'm hungry. That's a two word sentence. Get food. Want frosty. <laughs> okay. Have six. <laughs> yeah, this is two word. Good, good old two word sentences. I don't think that's exactly what he means. Things are tense at home is what he means. The family life has kind of gone down the drain. And so like, it's just interesting to frame the song through that lens. You know, I've watched my parents go through the ringer and it's reminding me of how we were. And I don't want that kind of bad blood between you and me. I forgive you. You've still got all my love, even though things aren't as they were. We're not going to turn out like that. At the end of it all, I just hope that your scars heal at the end of the second verse. What a line. Yeah. Top notch. One song that's a little less folk and a little more pop, I think, is She Calls Me Back. I think this one teeters the teeter-totter in the other way. Is that is one side of a teeter-totter the teeter and the other side the totter? Is teeter-totter describing how it rests on the fulcrum? I've always kind of viewed it as one side's the teeter, one side's the totter. Or like that's the action. You teeter, then you totter. You teet, then you tot. Yeah. Because the machine, the the lever, is what is doing the teeting and totting. Spin its newest game show, Teeter Tot. Uh, Yeah, sure, why not? I like that She Calls Me Back starts with a chorus. That is a smart choice. Yeah. You know what? Going back to the head and the heart, start off with some O-O's. Not O-O's, but same difference. I like She Calls Me Back. I like the chord progression. It seems very intuitive. The melody fits it like a glove. It just works. I like the synthetic voice stuff going on. I don't know how to describe it. The, the sound of it. Like the reverb? The reverb, yeah. I think the reverb works well on this one. Sounds like he's singing in a big room. Yeah. Especially on the beginning part where it's just a guitar strumming and him singing along with it. Once we add in the drums and stuff, it kind of becomes a part of the greater ambience of the song. Yep. But in the beginning, it's just thrown right out there. And I love this bit in the pre-chorus. I mean, maybe the best pre-chorus on the album where it kind of gets into double time. Does it bite at your edges? Do you lie awake restless? You know, I still dial 822-993-167. What a just brilliant lyric. Yeah. I love it. it also, 822-993-167 is not a real phone number. No worries there. It's not going to be like 867-5309. 
where that poor person just gets a ton of calls all the time. <laughs> it's a song about returning, wanting to return. There was heaven in your eyes. I wasn't baptized. I couldn't access the heaven that was in your eyes. But when she calls me back, when I get in touch with her, that's when I feel the closest to that euphoria, to that level of perfection again. It's interesting. It is. Lost for a long time, two parallel lines. Like we just ran next to each other. Our paths aren't ever crossing correctly. Oh, it's so good. There's a line in a later song that reminds me of this, I think, or fits really well with this. Okay. And I thought it was actually here, but it's it's somewhere else. I'll have to look it up and see if I can find it when we get to it. Oh, I know the line. <laughs> it's about how now he can't even get a call back. It's mm. in a different song. Your princess is in another castle. We'll get there. <laughs> but before we get there, we got to get to come over. We got to come over to come over. That's right. Ballad guy, you're up. I was super intrigued by Come Over when it started. Intrigued how? Why? Because it's the first one with a different sound. I don't know if it's that different. It starts that way at the very beginning. It ramps up into, but it never quite skipped there. It's way more subdued, kind of just him with the guitar at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, singing, falsetto at certain parts. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. Because sometimes artists do the falsetto and you really like it. It lands for you. Sometimes they do it and it doesn't land as well. I don't know how this one goes. Jury's in. Jury's in. The verdict is it lands. Guilty of good falsetto. (laughs) It drew me in because it was so much subdued and quieter than like the other four it really drew me in i was like oh what's this yes it really lets me focus on the lyrics and Mm -hmm. there's some great stuff in here it's full i mean my house was designed to kind of look like it's crying the eyes are the windows the garage is the mouse so when they mention the sad kid in a sad house on bulk street you won't have to guess who they're speaking about come over like that's so good it is like you'll know where to go you'll know where to find me it's blue daba dee daba blew his house on a blue little window and a blue street it's that repurposed so good it's great and the verses are chock full because the main point of the chorus needs to be that very clear cut no bones about it come over that's it that's all it is and that hits i mean like a ton of bricks because suddenly there you're in like a lyrical vacuum that's like the plea of the song you know his house weeps he's sad this is just a yearning, he, he, this is a yearning episode. He yearns for her to come over. This is that cry. This is that, yeah. you know, expression of that desire. I mean, and my mouth was designed for my foot to fit in it. Great use of that. Yeah. And the bridge is interesting. Yeah. That's another line that gets me too in the bridge. You don't have to tell all the other kids at school. Like, I, I don't know. It feels like such a sticking point for a lot of relationships. Like, oh, you want to keep this a secret? No, thanks. I'm out. But this is like, he's worn down even past that point. Like, mm-hmm. please just give me anything. I can be a secret if that's what it takes. You know, I, someday my dad will strike it rich. will be in the big house on the block. Someday I'm going to be somebody people want. Like, oh, so sad. You know, it goes through the outro. And I really like when somebody can do like a subtle. I don't even know. Maybe it's just my brain putting together puzzle pieces that aren't there and being like, I solved it. I mean, that's a fun part about some music. You know, like picking up two puzzle pieces from different puzzles and being like, I've made it. I've cracked the code. And But like, is it just me or is the, the first two lines of the outro are like play on words with like economics and a business, right? He says, but I'm in yes. the business of losing your interest, right? Like an interest yeah. like in a business. And then he says, and, but I'll turn a profit each time that we speak. Well, you, you, how do you think he put together pieces from a different puzzle? 
when you just talked about how his dad's going to strike it rich and buy a big house. Right, that's what I said. I wasn't sure. Well, in verse 2, he says the Dow Jones keep falling. The stock market crashed. I wasn't sure. It's very there. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was being humble in case I was wrong. No, you were right. Very right. And then he brings back the line from the first verse of, don't you know there's a coffin buried under the garden? It was there when we got here. We'll be there when we leave. Which is a great bookend. What a way to end. What a great way to start and end because the coffin was there when we got there and it'll be there when we leave. And that line is there when we got here and it will be there when we leave. And it's morbid. It's that same level of like macabre, grim, and sad. What a sad song. I need to get some new perspective. Yeah. New perspective is about just people going away and changing. This person leaves the small town, gets new perspective, and everything changes for them, right? The chorus is honestly one of the most memorable for me, which is funny because it's not usually the kind of thing I would find super appealing in a chorus. The intersection got a target and they're calling it downtown. Like, that's a big deal for this town. But you, you've been to distant shores. You know, you've gone other places and you know that that's really nothing. And it changes everything. Like the state bird sings out of key because you left and you just don't relate to the state in the same way. That's a great line too. It's so good. I think this is a good song to talk about the instrumentation throughout the album. Mm -hmm. We haven't really touched on it much. And I quite like it. I do too. It's very acoustic guitar heavy, very drum heavy in a lot of spots. But honestly, there's such a strong emphasis on his vocal that like that's the through thread I find in this album. Yeah, but like it's used in like a major way, but yet it goes a little unnoticed sometimes because of how well it blends together with the rest of the song. Like we haven't really stopped Mm. and really talked about it, but it's been excellent throughout the entire first six tracks i haven't really noticed anywhere like that was too much or that wasn't enough when it comes to the instruments yeah very well balanced well and like here when it hits it's somewhere around like the 130 mark the guitar is a really fun bubba da bada ba bada thing and i'm like that's fun like that's just fun Mm -hmm. the other thing i like in this song is before we get to those choruses when it cuts out entirely for a beat and just lets you Hold your breath. Let you anticipate. When I hit that 130 mark, I mean, I was like, this is a good spot to talk about the instrumentations because that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know the part you're talking about. Yeah, the in-between the chorus bit. Yep. It comes back at like the 250 mark. It's simple. It's simple and prominent. It's simple, but it's fun. But understated and fun. I think here's a middle of the episode kind of final spin type fact. I listened to this album for a month, you know, like it was on the playlist. It was there. As you do. As I do. But it was on the playlist for a month in July. <laughs> so it was not stick season. And I listened to it in heavy doses for a month straight. Mm. And I think that might have like overblown my taste buds for it a little bit. I think I maybe got too much. Because I came back to this oh. album in preparation for this episode. And it was so much more. <laughs> different than you remembered? It's so different. Yeah. To, to hear it knowing it. But also having it be fresh hits so much better. I think the fact that I listened to it as we're getting closer to stick season, like here in Ohio, we had a day was in the the upper 30s, like 38, 39, but it hit the 30s on us one morning. No way. It hit the 60s today? I mean, it's a little early for us to be in 30 degree weather, but yeah, it hit like 38, 39 on us last week. And even just like when I was listening to it last night, it was a chillier night. And so like, I was like cuddled up in my blanket, just listening to like, come over. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, my apartment looks like a sad house. It's me. He's me. (laughs) 
<laughs> so relatable. <sighs> Give me the dry shampoo and another frosty. <laughs> Wait, yeah, it hit 30 degrees and you're eating frosties? Okay. It hit it one morning at like 5 a.m. <laughs> right. I like new perspective. Track seven is everywhere, everything. That one strikes me much more. You know, I said like, She Calls Me Back is almost a March type song. Everywhere, everything is the exact same for me with those big crashing moments on the chorus. Everywhere, mm-hmm. everything, want to love you too. It, it surprised me. I thought it was going to be a more subdued one, like come over and then you hit the chorus and it's like, <laughs> bam! Boop, head fake. Yeah, not a come over at all. In a good way. I liked it. Really? I was kind of glad it did that. Kept things fresh. It was like, gave me a little bit of that come over vibe to tie it in with like the sound of the album, you know, and then, but then changed it up on me. So I didn't just feel like I was getting two of the same song with different themes, you know? Yeah. That is the danger you run when you come into an album so focused in a genre and in a theme. And the fact that it's so long. I mean, when you get 14 songs, it's hard to have 14 unique sounding songs without some overlap. And unique points of view on unique circumstances, or in this case, very ununique circumstances, very similar situations. I think historically longer albums have been judged a little harsher by me because it's harder to keep my attention and be unique and not make me feel derivative. Mm. Yeah, it is so weird because I feel like each of these songs thematically, if you really, really, really distill this album, every single song is cold small town home alone sad lonely yes (laughs) like that's it that's your bowl of adjectives to work with again if you really 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 bare bones it and yet but the way he expresses those words are all unique so far Mm -hmm. very interesting and there's different aspects of them that come into play whether it's getting colder whether you've still got all my love whether we don't want to be like my divorcing parents whether I just need someone to come over. Whether you left and changed, whether I stayed and nothing's changed. Like, everything has its own niche. And everywhere, everything is a nice, a new addition to our collection. (laughs) When I listened to the album a lot in July, I think Orange Juice is where it started to lose me consistently. Okay. A little bit. I mean, we've had just a tremendous start to the record, frankly. Yeah, we're halfway. We're at the halfway point. Yeah, and Orange Juice hits... And it's got some musical moments. It's got some things that I remember. But the verse isn't as memorable. The chorus isn't as memorable. The theme is not as necessarily apparent. I think you got to dig a lot more for Orange Juice mm. than he's made us dig on the last seven tracks. And so I don't think I'm, I'm ready to do the lifting that Orange Juice requires when I get to it. I don't want to call it swing because it's not swing. But it's got kind of a swingy vibe to it. You know, the plucky. That the guitar is doing. Yeah. And he hits you. What pulled me in immediately was the opening lyric with that honey come over. It pulled me right back to come over. It did, didn't it? What I really liked about it is this is something that I think illustrates a point I've tried to make poorly in the past. Oh, good. Yeah. In the past, I've talked about where like, you know, a song will really, you'll be like, oh, these two songs when put together just create this great vibe or moment. I'm like, yeah. But then on their own, they kind of (laughs) suck because they don't have each other. That's fair. In this scenario, both come over and orange juice completely stand on their own two feet 
as songs. Yes. But by putting them on the same album with just a little space between them, not so much space. They're, they're like on opposite ends of the album. There's only a couple tracks between them. So it's still fresh in your head. Yeah. When he hits that honey come over, it like instantly ties it together for you in a really satisfying way. Or at least it did for me. It's like an echo. You know, you're standing in the Vermont hills and yelling into the void and it echoes back to you. And the, and the forest yells back, come over. I yearn for you. <laughs> the forest yearns back. <laughs> yeah. And then it does, it picks up. You know, it starts slow and then the drums come in and we get a little more intensity through the second verse. Well, what's interesting about Orange Juice is that he's the one that stays, but he's the one that's changed this time, right? She comes back and says his heart's changed and his soul has changed and his face has changed and, you know, even his drinking habits have changed. He's tried to sober up and switch to orange juice <laughs> switch to orange juice yeah maybe the difference is like i don't actually like orange juice in real life like the drink that's what i was gonna ask i was gonna ask if like i know you, maybe the reason this is where you start to lose it is because of your hatred of orange yeah this one stopped being relatable because i don't like orange not the color orange color you're fine orange fruit watch your back (laughs) we kind of do go through a bit of a fruity stretch of the album here because if you don't like orange juice how does strawberry wine hit you is that more your is that more your speed drink was strawberry is wine isn't well you hate wine right so (laughs) i probably would hate wine if i really drank it yeah strawberry wine i'm out entirely oh you don't like strawberry wine really well orange juice still has its grip on me strawberry wine didn't i slipped out of this album altogether on strawberry wine which i didn't want to interesting i didn't i know well that's how it happened in july it was a lot less of that in a fresh october time around you know but it's definitely different do you know the other song strawberry wine the deanna carter one 17 yeah, that was actually my biggest problem with this song. Was it? <laughs> Is that it wasn't that? Yeah, well, every time I saw it, I thought of that. <laughs> That's true. Strawberry, my favorite fruit. This is an instance where I don't like the falsetto bit as much. Just as little for you. It's not as good as on Come Over, but it's still passable. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of pops up in and out. I don't know, in just a strange way that I don't. It doesn't resonate with me. And I think it's just the song stays small the whole time. The song stays one guitar around a campfire level. So what did you think about Growing Sideways then? I did like Growing Sideways more. I'm back in it. Strawberry Wine is just a momentary little dip. Here's the thing about the back half of the album. I don't think they're bad songs. I don't even think they're bad in the context of the album. Even Strawberry Wine is is a great addition to this record. It's just that... You'd almost rather would have had two albums of seven than one album of 14? No. No. Oh. I just think when I walk away from this album, when it's been months and I think back to this album, what I remember is the first seven, eight tracks. Hmm. I forget a lot of what happens in this back half with Growing Sideways, Halloween Homesick still, that all has kind of not only like blended together in my mind, but also like faded away. So I like the songs and I think if I'm listening to this whole album, really not a not a dull moment. There's nothing I would change as the songs exist. But Growing Sideways just never, I can't ever get it to stick as much as I want it to. Fair enough. But I love the concept. Everyone's growing sideways. You're, you're not getting taller. You're becoming a little more rotund, growing sideways. 
because everyone's stuck inside. Everyone's making lateral progress, not only like physically, but also just emotionally and in all the ways that you grow, you're just making same level progress. You're not progressing. Yeah, it's like a play on words, right? Like yes. growing sideways instead of like growing up and doing things with your life and being successful, right? He feels like he's stagnant, right? Growing sideways. He's got no movement in his life. Yeah. Talking about therapy, going to some sad-eyed middle-aged man's overpriced new leather couch. Yeah, because he talked about how, you know, everyone's growing and everyone's healthy. And I'm terrified that I might never have met me. That is, I mean, great lines. A line that I found interesting. Yeah, it's better to die numb than feel it all. That's an interesting line. It really is. It's kind of the opposite of one of my favorite ballads, The Dance by Garth Brooks, (laughs) where it's all about, you know, he sings about how he's glad he didn't know the way it all would end. Because he could have missed the pain, but then he would have missed the joy of, you know, the time he spent. So it's like, Mm -hmm. this is the exact opposite where he's saying, yeah, I would have rather just been numb to everything than have to feel all the hurt and pain and anxiety and all the other stuff, all the bad. So it's like the opposite. Yeah, but I think the thing is, that's kind of a thing that you express when you're not numb. When you're feeling pain, you're like, oh my gosh, make it stop. Yeah, you're like, oh gosh, this is awful. Yeah, I know, I get it. Yeah, growing sideways. Interesting song. Yeah, interesting and riveting. I like growing sideways. Also curious what you think about Halloween. First thing I want to ask is, which Halloween you like better? This one or Phoebe Bridger's Halloween? Baby, it's Halloween and we could be anything, so let's pretend that we get along. That's her version. That's her take on it. Give me a second. They're strikingly similar songs in a lot of ways. I mean, he was inspired by Phoebe Bridgers, so you could see that footprint here. I'd like to pick option three. Okay. Halloween from the Halloween movies. All right, from the last Mixtober episode. Sure, from Ice Nine Kills. Oh, that's what they did use that. I might give it to Phoebe Bridgers on this one. Whoa, I'm a little surprised, but happy with that. I'm. Does it change your opinion that this is the song that references a murder of crows? Pretty specific. Why, I don't know why I offered that up. I don't want to change your mind. No, but I think you have. No! no. <laughs> it's a hard choice. I know. One thing I like about Noah Khan's Halloween is the double tracking of his voice that he does on the chorus. There's a low octave and a high octave, and it kind of just blitzes you a little bit. The song is quiet and soft, but that gives it that little extra, little sprinkle of pizzazz, and really dresses it up in a good way. Yeah. It's not Halloween, but the ghost you dressed up as sure knows how to haunt. It's a good concept. I like this one, too. I just... I guess the problem is I just went and listened to Phoebe Bridgers' Halloween again. Yep. Maybe if I'd listened to the whole Phoebe Bridgers' album again, I wouldn't feel that way. But just with that quick sample of Phoebe Bridgers' Halloween, I gave it to her. Whereas I'm a little diluted on Noah Khan right now after listening to 10 other tracks. True. I get that. The thing about Noah Khan's Halloween is it almost reads like an Edgar Allan Poe poem the whole way through. The wreckage of you I no longer reside in. The bridges have long since been burned in the ash of the home that I started the fire in starts to return to the earth. Like that's that's dark. That's very Halloween. Drink till I drown and smoke till I'm burning. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of really vivid imagery in Halloween. And I also really like that closing line. I only tell the truth when I'm sure that I'm lying. So I'm setting sail once again. Feels like the mixtaper. Telling the truth when he's lying. Or vice versa. This week he lied as he told the truth. How do you feel about homesick? 
if it's a breath of fresh air, it might have more negative connotations than I want. And it's ironic, too, to say that because it's about <laughs> being sick of being in the same place. It's the least folk-sounding song on the album. Yeah, it's a rocky edge. And so that's what I was mean by, like, Breath of Fresh Air breathes a little more life into these last couple tracks. That's true. I really like a lot of interesting, hard-hitting lines in this one as well, like references to things, you know? The Olympics, hibernation, Boston bombers, organ failure. The usual suspects. The usual suspects. Yeah. Isn't there an episode of a show? You may know this. You may not. Isn't there an episode of a show where someone is speaking in a different language whoever's overhearing has a shaky grasp on the language and they misunderstand and think the person's saying they're homesick so they do all kinds of stuff to make them feel at home but then they go no no you you didn't understand what i was saying i said i'm sick of home do you know that what's that from that's absolutely from something that is from i try i'm trying to google it i can't that is from oh boy i know it's killing me i don't know Man, just cut it and look it up later. Hi, it's James, coming at you 11 days after we recorded this episode to jump in and say that this is from Drake and Josh from the episode called We're Married from Season 3, Episode 3, where there's a girl from Eudonia that shows up, and Josh is the one that misunderstands the translation. Anyway, that's all. Back to the episode. My point is it's just the concept. I like homesick conceptually because he twists the idea of being homesick into being sick of home it subverts exactly what you'd expect in a song called homesick i mean to the point where he thinks he's gonna die in the house that he grew up in i'd be sick of that too yeah that'd be not my first choice still is the last song for me it's track 13 still is the last song that's still in that late album soup oh maybe since it's fall maybe it's chilly still is the last song in that late album chilly of everything thrown into the pot simmering and delicious but unmemorable what'd you think of still i still liked it okay (laughs) i think he's got a different a real different cadence and approach to still than he does anywhere else on the album in that first verse it's very free flowing it's not very tied down to a rhythm you know, each syllable kind of comes at you quick. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's got so much to say in that verse that he can't fit it into the amount of measures he's allotted for it. And it almost feels like he's rushing towards that chorus, which I do love the chorus. That's great. But the verse is so different and intangible. And it's not the kind of song you could stand in an audience and sing back at him, right? This is just something you're witnessing. I feel like a lot of songs are that way. Well, maybe, but this one in particular, it's so spoken, so Mm. arrhythmic, you know what I mean? Gotcha. It doesn't have beats to it. I mean, it's got maybe a flow to the way that he emphasizes things, but... It's a bit, like, freeform. Yeah, and it could be different every time he performs it, just in the way, or the pace, or the, the manner in which he's saying everything. Sure, but that brings us to our last track. Oh, the last track... Just as good as the start of this album. The View Between Villages. The View Between Villages is just as good. It belongs amongst those first eight tracks in my memory. Absolutely, I mean, a standout track on the album for me. It's a, a good, 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 good closer. It's a good one. It feels like he's got a, a an intensity behind his vocals, like a song like Everywhere Everything or New Perspective or something, but the guitar is as quiet as it is on Come Over. What a good last touch 
point for every element of this album. And it's so, like, powerful. It reminds me of a song. Mm. Do you know which one? It's a musical song or a song used in a movie of some sort. Oh. Oh, actually, you're going to hate this. Oh, yeah? It gives me the greatest showman vibes. Oh, I hate it. I was going to say I hate it ironically no matter what you said, but yeah. I was not the biggest fan of the greatest showman. Yeah. Just the the reverb and the intensity or the slow like plunking of the piano it reminds me of some of the ballads in the greatest showman and then the way it picks up yeah it gives me like from now on vibes i don't know i just i got some i got some greatest showman vibes listening to this one in a good way but wouldn't it have been a good way for you but it was for me maybe not one of the things i love the most about this song is the lyrics and the the themes because this whole time we've been stuck in the village with him we've been going through life kind of at the bottom you know just just struggling through right not being numb to all the pain feeling every aching and longing that comes with change and loneliness and everything in the small town this song what a weight off of your shoulders he's coming back to the place where it all began he's having the memories of being 17 again and feeling the rush of his blood the stretch of his skin remembering the people he's loved and lost and the ways he's grown and changed the the yearn the yearn is returning the this is the return of the yearn a hundred percent The view between villages is just him stepping back into that life that he used to know and just like loving it once again. And I feel like that's a sentiment people that do, you know, new perspective is about a third party that leaves town and comes back. But when you're the person that leaves, gets that new perspective and comes back, that's how it feels. Yeah, you get a new appreciation for it of when things were simpler or more quiet, easy. Yes, the view between the villages is just perfect as an album closer, as a capstone for the album. It's such a good metaphor too. Yeah. Right, because the villages is where all the hustle and bustle and things are happening and it's busy. And then the area between them is open landscape right so the view between the villages is where things are calm it's such a good it's a transitionary space if you're between the villages you're going from where you've been to to where where you're going and in just in this case where you're going is where you grew up and where you used to be but you're just on that journey oh man it's very good it's very good (laughs) what a what an end to the record let's get into final spin let's i'm gonna do One of those things that I rarely do, but sometimes have to do. I got to rescore this on the fly. Wow. Yeah. Now, is this because you had the score from your July listening in there and you need to give it your October listens changing viewpoint? Yes. my I've got new perspective. You've been between the villages and gotten a little homesick, but in a good way on like the song. Yeah. You drank the strawberry wine and... And yearned for the woods. <laughs> yeah. I yearned for the sticks. Sometimes that's the cool thing about this podcast is it gives me a chance to revisit all these records that I love. Gives you a new perspective? It does. Yeah. And a lot of times I like the scores I give. I think they're pretty solid, but... I think, yeah, in this case, I don't think I listened to this album at the right time, in the right mindset, in the right context, and too much at once. And then there's other times where I beg you to reevaluate your score, and you refuse to. That's right. But I think this is an album that you need to come back to fresh. <laughs> you need to return. You need to leave and come back. You do. And that's really an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? That I experienced with this album what it's talking about in life. When you listen to it for a month straight, at a certain point, you can only grow sideways. You're right. It's true. I think I grew sideways with it. And here we are back at Halloween and it's all changed. Gives you a bit of a northern attitude. Yeah. 
I was cold to it before. Raised up in the cold. Forgive my northern attitude, Noah Khan. You've called me back. I'm coming over. Okay, the squirrels have spoken. I've submitted my new numbers, and it's significant. Okay, yeah. Give me the old numbers first. Well, okay, bear in mind I disagree completely with the old numbers. Yeah, that's fine. Well, not completely. Music. I gave an 83. Back in July... I gave the lyrics a 78. I gave the instruments of production a 74. And I gave the vibe a 79. So its overall score was an 80.8 and it ranked at 469. Now I'm changing that. And it's, I mean, I guess subject to further scrutiny. Who knows? The music score actually stays the same. 83. I think I was right about that. Okay. The lyrics are increasing to a 90. I mean, we got in here and we started digging into the lyrics and the metaphors that he uses, the way that he's tackled the same small series of adjectives, right, that we talked about in a, in a very distilled sense, tackled them all in such unique ways mm-hmm. is very cool. Instruments in production, giving it an 88 now. I think you're right about the balance that they strike with all the instruments and everything. It ends up with a really intriguing product. There's that stretch that is soupy in the back half. But I don't think that's an instruments and production part. I think that's kind of the fault of the music, mostly. And just as so many in a row. Maybe if you mixed up the album, shuffled it a little bit, it'd be different. I don't know. But the overall vibe, I'm giving a 93. The return to this album is so much better than the first journey with it, which shocks me a little bit. Its new score is an 88.6, which raises it from number 469 to number 139. And it puts it one-tenth. No, not even one-tenth. Just a tiebreaker point away from Journey, from Frontiers. Huh. Yeah. Below it or above it? Below it, but at the same score. He wins in lyrics and in vibe, but Frontiers takes it in instruments of production and music, Hmm. and it's above Montero by Lil Nas X. That's interesting. How about that? Number 139 for Stick Season. How about you? You've been playing your cards close to the chest. Yeah, and I'm going to give you the score first. (laughs) thought you were about to say yeah and i'm gonna keep doing it and i was like no <laughs> this is the one time i'm giving this one i like i like this album quite a bit mm-hmm. i think it's because we're getting close to stick season and i was in a stick season mood when i listened to this last night yeah so i'm giving this one nine yearning forests out of ten i kind of knew it i had a sense Just in the way that you talked about some of the lyrics that you liked and some of the moments, Mm. I had a sense that we were shooting for the nines here. (laughs) So where in your nines is it going? Is it amongst the band Caminos and the... This will be an interesting for... So for people who have checked out the scoring document available on our website www.spinapod.com We have a comparisons tab that looks at where you ranked it and i ranked it in terms of just the episodes we've done yeah and kind of shows what the differential is like if i put an album 35 picks higher than you so like for example james's number one album we've done on the podcast so far is abby wrote my number one album so far is ray stevens uh set up mm-hmm. at 10 so those are like on our tabs the top two i put abby road 35 below i had 34 four other albums that we've done on the podcast higher than Abbey Road compared to James. And for Ray Stevens, he had 90, like six higher <laughs> than where, than where I put Ray Stevens. He had 96 yeah. other that were higher. So it's like a cool thing. This would be a really cool one to see the differential on because I too am putting it below journey, but above Montero. So it may have a oh. smaller differential than maybe a lot of other things because this one is going right below 
Plastic Hearts by Miley Cyrus. Wow. What a, I mean. Quite high. That's high. You loved Plastic Hearts. I'm impressed. And honestly, I'm a little surprised it beat out Lights. Yeah. This is my new second favorite album you've brought me by an artist I didn't already know. Amazing. And then we had Dua Lipa all the way back on episode five that like just blew my socks off and didn't know they existed. I, I didn't really know that Noah Khan existed until this episode and I liked them. I can tell you right now our differential is 31 albums. Oh wow, really? Yeah. That's That must be all you're doing because I've got Journey and, and Montero both in my nines. It's true. They're both pretty high, but that's very interesting. I am surprised a little bit that you liked it this much. Between get me in stick season. Got you in stick mode. Yeah, you got me in stick mode. You hit me in <laughs> stick season with it and you know the forests were yearning for me and they maybe swayed me a little bit. Yeah. The, the forest yearned for a nine and I gave it to him. Yeah, so you did. As for my top three, I'd like to strike a deal with you, young men. We're the same age. Go on. I was a cheeky way of calling myself young. Okay. <laughs> I got four leftover melted Frosties sitting here. Stop. You're going <laughs> to eat the Mixtapers Frosties in exchange for top threes? Yeah, that's what I'm proposing. This is absurd. I will eat slash drink one of these. for. I'll allow it. However many top threes you want. That's how many Frosties you have to eat, I guess. So I have four of them. So I can take it up to four additional picks with no penalty if I drink all four of these Frosties. They're all melted? They've just been sitting next to you this whole time? Yeah, they're still cold though, so it should be fine. I doubt it, but okay. This is your thing here. I'll allow that. That's what a what an on-the-fly ruling. So my top three in album order. Northern Attitude. Gotta forgive it. Stick Season. Yep. Come Over. Whoa, skipping All My Love. And she calls yep. me back, but wow. All My Love was one of those ones that was a chart-topping single that I agreed with. But you're taking Come Over. That's three. Yep. Carnival Mention. Everywhere, everything. Okay. Now everything past this is frosty territory, but... We are right up to the soupy section of the album. <laughs> Growing sideways. Okay. All right. In the pause that's happening right now, I can hear you debating whether it's worth it to eat another Frosty or to take another pick. No, that was me drinking one. Oh, <laughs> you did it right now on the spot. Well, yeah. It sounded like you looking at him going, how much do I really want to take the view between villages? Halloween. Wow, that's six. And it's not the view between the villages. Okay. Let me drink this one and then I'll decide if it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just doing shots of pumpkin spice frosty. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> and they're not even in shots. The math works out. There's like 12 ounce frosties, right? You're drinking like a can of frosty. Yeah. And it's always dairy. You always do this with dairy. <laughs> yeah, I got the lactose gene. All right, got to take advantage of it for all the people who can't have it. Well, you sure don't lactose. You have an abundance. Uh, homesick. Oh my gosh. That's seven. And there's still two tracks left, but you can only take one more. Maximum, right? Yeah. Unless I want to go buy another Frosty. <laughs> oh, that is, I got to draw the line somewhere. Okay. But it's not there. If you if you really <laughs> want to take Still and The View Between Villages, you can go buy another Frosty if you want. <laughs> mm, I definitely don't want to take Still, so I don't have to worry about going to buy one. Okay, that's a relief. I almost took it just for the lulls of going and buying one. But after drinking <laughs> that third one, I'm, I'm going to cut myself off here at this fourth one. I'm going to take The View Between Villages. Wow the champion wendy's really should sponsor us like what is this 
50 nuggets. Two-thirds of a <laughs> gallon of Frosties. I'm going to drink this one slower throughout the rest of the final spin. Uh, I'm not going to chug this one. Yeah, nurse it. Please don't. <laughs> but that's my eight. Wow. <laughs> my eight top threes. Eight top threes. I am surprised by the distribution of those. I mean, you got the first couple tracks in there, but you were way heavier. On- You'll notice the top three in Carnival Mention that I took without drinking Frosties were all from the top half. The first four I named were the four that it would have been if you had said no to my idea. That's true. I kind of, in a weird way, roundabout way, agreed with you in the picking of my top threes because all of the second half of the album top threes were going to be cut if I couldn't take shots to earn them. It's true. Yeah, but you did kind of... uh you kind of you must have liked the back half chili because you went for all those the the clump of strawberry wine and growing sideways and Halloween and homesick. Yeah, but you didn't take strawberry wine, did you? Either way, you took a good chunk of chili. What about playlist picks? Don't know. <laughs> That's a hard one for me now. That's a hard one for me too. I know. There's like four that I'd want. It's all that I wouldn't. It seemed like we were both in agreement that stick season should probably be on it. What a cool concept. I think that's true. But what do we want to do for the other one? Big fan of Come Over. Less of a fan of Come Over. <sighs> my second pick would be All My Love. Back mm. to consecutives. What if we did Northern Attitude in stick season for consecutives? What if we did Northern Attitude and All My Love for non-consecutives? I mean, if you really want All My Love, you can pick it. But that might cause me to not take stick season. Right. I picked eight my eight favorite tracks out of the 14 and you're trying to pick one that wasn't in my top eight <laughs> <laughs> maybe look i don't want to hear it you tried to take i might have to not take stick season if you're gonna take all my love i'm gonna have to pivot oh yeah i'm gonna double down i'll double down and take all my love and then you could take what you take so i guess i'll take come over no <laughs> well fair enough i mean unless you want to reconsider Uh, It's the price I pay, I guess. What if I go get a Frosty? It's not really as much of a punishment because I would just be eating a Frosty. I concede to that, but you have to eat your Frosty as fast as possible. You can't, like, enjoy it. You gotta, like, chug your Frosty. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm too comfy to leave my home right now. Well, but you have to get a large Frosty from Wendy's and eat it as fast as possible. Large? Oh, no. (laughs) What's that part of the deal? You ate a bunch of small Frosties. Yeah, that was equivalent to, like, two larges. We'll just take Come Over and All My Love. Good deal? I really don't care for All My Love. It doesn't have any of your love. I just think there's eight better tracks. saddens me. I think I'm just going to take Northern Attitude. (laughs) All right. But I'm sad to see Stick Season not be on it. Okay, I'll take Stick Season. Pick another song for me to take, then. That's not... All my love. Just take Northern Attitude. No, Northern Attitude? Okay, okay. If you're happy Northern with that Attitude one. Northern Attitude season. What a mess. If you're happy. We, we'd be struggling to find some really bad picks from this album. Orange Juice it is. <laughs> All very wild. That's right. Our playlist picks are Still and Strawberry Wine. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of Northern Attitude and Stick Season. Great start to a great album. I think so. That's going to do it for this week in this episode of Spin It. Thanks for sticking with us in this season. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more Mixtober shenanigans in the upcoming weeks. I just burped and it tasted like pumpkin spice. Stay tuned for more of that, I guess. If you want to find us online, check out that ranking spreadsheet. You can find it at www.spinitpod.com. And oh, he has a six season candle for sale. Wick season. And you can check out 
our Twitter, at SpinItPod, and our Instagram, at SpinItPodOfficial, for all the posts and social things. We will be back next week with another exciting album. Be sure to like, rate, follow, subscribe, five stars, all the fun things that you love to do, and we love it when you do do them. Tell a friend who yearns about the podcast this week. Doesn't matter about what. Tell a friend who enjoys the sound of a blender. Oh, yeah, but they need to tell us that they enjoy the sound of a blender in my head i i like to think that when people tell their friend who fits the description that we give they don't tell them why they've told them (laughs) tell a friend who yearns they don't tell them hey you yearn you yearn so listen to this and then i feel like when the friend listens and they get to the end of an episode they go wait wait a second which of these am i am i the friend (laughs) who yearns or am i the friend who needs to listen to more taylor swift enjoys the sound of a blender am i the friend who (laughs) needs to protect their neck or am i the friend that's making it to amarillo by morning like what's the deal anyway we'll see you next time have a great week and until the stick season keep keep spinning. spinning We should look into a windy sponsorship. Yeah, with all those frosties you drank, I got a feeling you're about to enter sticky season. It's going to be a rough night. Yeah. What's your next challenge going to be? This isn't an invitation. Don't do any more challenges. I didn't do any challenges. <laughs> this wasn't a challenge. This was so easy. <laughs> I spent the mix table doing the challenge. I just oh. sold picks for frosties. <laughs> That's true. You just finished off what the mixtaper couldn't. It was all on the line. Of all the weeks to not shut him out. I know. Next time. Could have saved me. <laughs> <laughs>